How's everybody doing this morning? Merry Christmas to everybody. It's uh, going to be here before you know it, huh? And the snow is supposed to be coming at any time. Good to have you with us this morning. My name's Tim, and um, welcome to Greater Alton Church. If it's your first time here, just relax. If it's been a while since you've been here, you can relax too. We're glad that you have chosen to be with us this morning. We're in a series of lessons on peace. We're looking at this centerpiece. I don't know if peace is at the center of the holidays for you. I ask people, how's it going? And I hear words like hectic. Uh, it's, oh, the normal crazies during the holidays, the hustle and bustle, uh, or maybe some concerns. Like, I really would love to see my family together this Christmas. It's been a while. Uh, we have all kinds of things that happen during the holidays, don't we? Americans during the holidays, especially during the holidays, are desperate for peace. If you do a search in Amazon and just type in the book, the word peace, how many books are there available on the topic of peace? You'll find about 50,000 books have been published on this topic. We sure want to have peace. I mean, think about it. Where could you use some peace? Could you use it in your marriage? Maybe in your dating relationship? I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be marriage. A friendship? Do you like to have peace? Maybe with your parents? Or at work, just some, just some peace. I didn't say in quiet, but some peace. Of course, we all like that. You know, the great thing about Christmas is that God brought the gift of peace to the earth. The kind of peace the world can't seem to find that only comes from heaven. Look what the Bible says here in Luke chapter 2. Give glory to God in heaven and on earth. Let there be peace to the people who please Him. So God gives us this peace. He brought peace to this earth, not from not the kind of peace that doesn't come from the world, but from heaven itself. Three kinds of peace. We've, we've, we're looking at them in this series. The kind of peace that was with God, God's peace with Him, and, and the other one's God's peace with others. We're looking at that one next week. If you've got if you've got issues with people, folks, this is next week you don't want to miss. How do how do I create peace, or how do I have peace with other people? And then, of course, there's the peace within, that personal peace. We call that uh, when you stop and think about it. And that's what I want to talk today about is personal peace. Having this peace within, this kind of peace when even though things are crazy around us, there's a sense of peace that we have in our hearts. Look what Jesus said in John 14 in the New Living Translation. He said, and if you've got your notes, you can get your notes out in your bulletin and follow along. He goes, I'm leaving you a gift. This is a gift from God. Peace is a gift from God. He says, peace of mind and heart. This is something He wants to give you and I. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. And then He says, so don't be troubled and don't be afraid. Don't be be stressed out. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Because I want to give you this gift. Well, if any gift I could use this Christmas. If you want to know what to give somebody, give them some peace. Peace of God. You know, if there's a gift you'd like to have, listen, you want that one on the top of the list. I'd love to have peace of mind. You know, it's funny, uh, when I think about the idea of peace, I think about uh, the idea of, you know, I just want to get away from it all. Right now, my brother is on his way to Florida, and uh, he is taking his motorcycle, he's driving his truck with, and, uh, with a trailer with his uh, African twin, he calls it an African twin, Honda African twin, and he is right now in Georgia, on his way down to Florida. He got as far as Chattanooga late last night. 
And I go, what are you going to do? And he goes, well, I'm going to take my, my uh, motorcycle. He doesn't call it motorcycle. Motorcycle. I'm going to take it to Florida. And I'm going to drive all the way down to the tip of Florida. I'm going to park my truck and my, my uh, trailer in a nice little uh, harbor somewhere because that's where it's really a safe place to do this. And I'm getting on my motorcycle and I'm going to take a tour of the Florida Keys. Oh, man. You know, with four to ten inches of snow coming, folks, that's a nice idea. Huh? And I, and I texted him this morning, so where are you? And he's not texting me back. You know why? He's, oh, he's driving. He's safe. Yes, he's, he's a very safe driver. That's what it is. It's possible. Now, now what he's doing is he's going, hey, man, I'm, I've clocked out. I want to get away from Teslas, Land Rovers, Dominic. You don't know this guy, but he's a he's a trip. I want to get away from the office. Sorry, Ashley. And she wants him to get away from the office too. Okay, this vacation is kind of cool. It's two ways. But it's like we want to get. That's why I look at it as you know. I just want to get away from it all, and so um, and, and, and enjoy that. That's what I think personal peace seems to be. I mean, think about it. What is personal peace? Well, we do have this idea, that same idea. Well, let me tell you two things about personal peace. First of all, this peace within is not based on the absence of disruption. If you're thinking, man, I, the peace God's going to give me, I'll have no problems. <laughs> you're crazy. You're as crazy as the world is, folks. Yes, you can get away maybe for a, for a while. I'll just want to get away. And Danny will be gone for a week. And he's going to go down the Keys. He's going to stop at Key Largo. And I've been sending him memes. I would love to show you the memes I've sent him. But these are just between me and my brother, okay? I've sent him some memes I made from the movie Key Largo. And uh, we know that we watch that movie a lot and know that movie. Well, he's going he's gonna to stop there and then he's going to keep going and hopefully get all the way down to the tip where Dr. Mudd, you know, Devil's Island, where Dr. Mudd spent uh, much of his prison time after helping John Wilkes Booth uh, during the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. So he's going to have a good time, you know. That's what we want to do. We want to get away, a long way away. And it might work for a while, but you know what? He's already told me, I've got to be back by Christmas Eve. I got to be back to, because of Judah, you know, because I, I got to see my grandkids. I got to see my friends. So he's already thinking it's only going to be a temporary thing. Then it's back to the grind. Well, Jesus never promised you and I that we would have no problems if we followed him. Um, he didn't he didn't come here to take away trouble. He really didn't want to do that. In fact, he guaranteed there'd be trouble while we're on this earth. Look what he says in John 16 here. In this world you will have trouble. And in Matthew 10, he says this. It's not on the screen, but it's in your Bible if you ever get a chance to look at it. It says in Matthew 10, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. What? Yeah, wait a minute. Aren't you the Prince of Peace? Yeah, but there's some things that I am not going to eliminate in your life. You follow me, it's going to divide your family. If you follow me, it's going to disrupt your friendships. If you follow me, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create some trouble in your life, like a sword. I mean, I think about some trouble 
I have in my life, I've had in my life, I'm having in my life, and sometimes it comes by my own hand. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? The trouble you have, it's your own fault. And sometimes it's by other people. And just some of it's just life in general. It's just going to happen. And Jesus never promised to take away any of those. There's something about that. I think He wants us to be disruptive. He wants us to have trouble. He has no problem with us having trouble. After all, He was familiar with sufferings, what the Bible says, so He understands trouble. And maybe it's because trouble sometimes uh, has a powerful impact on us. It makes us change our ways. Causes us to stop and think. Makes us take a step back. Causes us to call out to God. So He isn't interested in taking away any trouble. So uh, personal peace is not based on the absence of disruption, but it is based on something. Personal peace is based on the presence of God. Not the absence of problems, but the presence of God. Jesus said this, I've told you this so that my peace will be with you. And I want you to circle told, if you would. I've told you this. This is based on the Word of God. My peace, so that my peace will be with you. In this world you'll have trouble, but cheer up. I've overcome the world. You see, God's peace that He wants to give us isn't determined by what is happening to me or any situation. It's determined solely on God being with me in all my circumstances. I love this passage I stumbled across this week in Isaiah 54. It says, The mountains may disappear and the hills may come to an end, but my love will never disappear. My promise of peace will not come to an end, says the Lord who shows mercy to you. That's what a great promise. He promises that His peace is available to you and I and it will always be there no matter what happens. I mean, the hills can cave in. The mountains can fall apart. They can erupt. doesn't matter. His presence, His peace will never come to an end. And that's why I think Paul would say these words. He knew this passage was in Isaiah. And he would tell a church, he would tell believers in Thessalonica these words. Now may the Lord Himself... Isn't that interesting? May the Lord Himself... Does that sound personal? He's saying, may the Lord personally, the Lord of peace, pour into you His peace in every circumstance and in every possible way. I love the way this uh, translation says this. The Lord's tangible presence be with you all. You say, may, may you feel and know that God is with you in your circumstances because it will give you personal peace. See, it's God's tangible presence, folks, that His presence, knowing He's with me, that I experience the strength and stability and satisfaction in every circumstance. And that's the peace, see, that passes all understanding. So I got to thinking, how can I experience personal peace. How can I experience God's peace in what I'm going through? I know some of you here need some peace. You're not just wanting to be quiet, but you you know it's not going to get quiet. Right? You know it. It's still going to go. But you'd like to be able to be calm and quiet inside, huh? Yeah. How do I get that? How, how can I experience that? Let me give you four steps to personal peace. There's a lot of them, but here's four. First, I agree to God's peace terms. Now, we talked about this last week, and I'm just going to just want to say in review, we, we have to learn that for peace to occur, I must surrender. That's His peace terms. That a lot of the, listen, a lot of the unrest that I have 
in my life comes from comes from resisting God. A lot of the, a lot of the unrest and turmoil and disruption I have in my life comes from the lack of surrender. Because when you surrender, the war is over. Somebody pointed out the, the headlines I pointed out uh, on the on the uh, big screen last week. And I read the headlines. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you... I just read the words, folks. That's all I did. But notice, again, peace occurs when there's surrender. And I surrender to those terms of peace. Like I said, I don't want to get too much into it. You Go ahead and listen to it uh, if you haven't listened to it yet. You see, before I can experience any personal peace, I have to have peace with God. Because all peace that exists flows from the throne of God. And this unrest that I have can be traced back to this lack of surrender. Or another way to say it is, it can be traced back to sin, that I, hidden sin that I'm not dealing with, or unbelief. Which really are kind of together there, when you think about it. It's unbelief. Look at this. what the Bible says in Romans 5 here. So now, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith in His promises, we can have real peace with Him because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Notice it says that we are made right with God in God's sight by faith. By faith. You see, when I choose to accept God's peace on His terms, that's when I begin to experience this peace unlike anything I can find in the world. Because see, faith is where peace begins and ends. Like surrender. You know, if I believe, if I trust the Lord, I respond to the Lord, and my response is surrender. I, I'm sur- listen, I'm believing, trusting, accepting, surrendering to the One who made the peace, because I didn't make it. He made it. Look at this passage in Colossians 1. Christ's death on the cross has made peace with God for all for all by His blood. This includes you. He's talking to believers here, folks. This includes you who were once so far away from God. You were His enemies and hated Him and were separated from Him and by evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, He has brought you back as His friends. He has done this through the death of the cross of His own human body. And now, as a result, Christ has brought you into the very presence of God. And you are standing there before Him with nothing left against you. Nothing left that He could ever chide you for. My question this morning is, do you really believe this happened? Do you really believe this occurred? Because it's by faith. If you believe this, then God's peace can, you have access to God's peace. You can be made right with God. Do I believe that God did this? Do I accept this? And how do I know if I believe it? Well, I trust it. I surrender. I surrender to what has happened here. I accept it. I admit it and go, you know, that that happened for me on the cross. That really did happen. So it starts there. If I want to experience personal peace, I've got to agree to God's uh, peace terms. Number two... I talk to God about everything. You want to have peace? Personal peace? There's nothing unimportant to talk to God about. Talk to Him about everything. Look at this promise here in Philippians. From a prison cell, the Apostle Paul said these words, 
Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. With thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and requests to God. Then because you belong to Jesus Christ, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. <laughs> I, you know, I used to, when I look at this passage, it is so easy to do this because the King James or the International Version, it talks about supplication and petition and requests and stuff. It's like, well, this is what makes a good prayer. This is what makes a good prayer. There's petition, supplication, adoration, things of that nature. But this is not what... I don't think Paul is saying this to the church of Philippi to say, here's how you should pray. No, he's saying, here's what happens when you do. When you pray about this stuff, God's peace comes. See, there's two principles here I notice. There's two peace principles. The first peace, peace principle is with anything. And that is, don't worry about it. He's saying you shouldn't worry about anything. And the second peace principle has something to do with, with everything. And what's that? I pray about it. And see, a lot of times, I don't know how you are, but I get these mixed up. I worry about everything and I don't pray about anything. You know what I'm talking about? I worry about so much. I'm talking to my friends about it. I'm talking to myself about it. But I'm not talking to God about it. I was thinking, looking at this, this principle about talk to God about everything. And sometimes you go, duh, it makes sense. In Luke 8, there's a story where Jesus is wanting to cross the Sea of Galilee. And we all know the storm comes up. And He's sleeping in the stern. He's sleeping on a cushion, the Bible says, in the stern. And the disciples, the water's starting to overtake the boat. And what do they do? They wake him up. He's asleep. They wake him up. And he says, don't you care? We're all going to die. And Jesus goes, huh? What? And he gets up, looks around, and it's, it's crazy. And he goes, peace be still. And I wish I could say it to my grandkids and that would work, you know. Peace be still. And then I get a piece of cake in my face. That doesn't work for some reason. But he says, peace be still. And it says immediately, everything calmed down. And he looks at his disciples and says, why are you worried? Why are you afraid? Where is your faith? When you look at this passage and look at it a little closer, you find out that this whole thing started when there was such a big crowd, Jesus had to get into a boat and get into the water so He could get some distance between Him and the crowd and He talked to Him on the beach. And that's what Jesus is doing. What's interesting is He was already in the boat. He was the first one in the boat. He's the first one in your stuff. Before you even get there, He's already there. Isn't that awesome? He's already there in your, in your, in your, in your nonsense, in, in the crazies, in whatever you're going through. And notice the disciples had to talk to Him for things to finally calm down. What a practice. What do they say to him? Well, don't you care? If you ever read the, the the Psalms, you sometimes wonder how did David and some of these guys stay alive the way they talk to God? How long are you going to stand there and do nothing? That's in the Bible. Are you just going to sit back and watch this and do nothing? Now, I'm not suggesting that we ought to talk to God that way. Uh, I'm not suggesting that at all. But I, don't want to, I want to tell you this. We need to talk to God about everything. 
Oh, that I'll feel so faithless. I'll feel so immature if I go complain to God. Talk to God about everything. What you're afraid of. What you're worried about. Look what it says here. There's a passage up on the screen. The psalmist says this, when I was really hurting, in other words, when I was in distress, one translation says, when trouble was surrounding me, I prayed to the Lord, He answered my prayer, and took my worries away. He didn't take the circumstances away. He took the worries away. I don't know how you guys are, how you, what you're doing, but i got to tell you, a lot of times, I don't talk to God as much as I need to. I complain I've often wondered, if, how, what if I prayed to God as much as I complained? I would be a prayer warrior. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If How much I call somebody up and talk to them about something that's happened at work that has nothing to do with them, and I'm blah, 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 blah. What would happen if I talked to God as much as I talked to the people I complained to? I'd be a prayer warrior. And I have a funny feeling. You know, a lot of times after I hang up the phone, or after I've talked to somebody to someone else, I get done. I don't feel like I'm any more at peace. But when I talk to the Lord, when I talk to the Lord about everything, for some reason, I feel some peace coming in my heart. Why is that? Because it's, I'm bringing His presence in there. And He reassures me with the Holy Spirit. He reassures you with His Word that you're going to be okay. Let me ask you a question. I, I asked myself this question. When was the last time you put together a prayer list. Seriously. A serious prayer list. I haven't done that in a long time. And I'll, I'm, I'm going to put together I'm going to put together a prayer list because I want to go, okay, what am I praying about? What am I really talking to God about? Because if you pray to God and talk to Him about everything, He will give you peace. Here's the third one. I focus my mind on God. I've learned something. How I feel determines is determined by my focus. Let me give you an example. It's a crazy week at work. It's crazy. You're having to work a little extra time. It's crazy. You're delivering a little bit. I was talking to Chad. He said he's working for FedEx now, and there it's over the top right now. Understandable. They're putting in crazy hours trying to get all these packages delivered. Maybe you're working a little extra time. Maybe it's a, it's a little bit crazier than normal for you because you're trying to work in shopping and everything else. And that's, your, that's what you know it's coming. As the blood pressure starting to go up a little bit, the heart rate going up, versus on a, in the mountains and looking at the mountains, snow cap, drink a little cappuccino, nice little warm sweater. I don't know about you, but that just all of a sudden I just go, yeah. Yeah. Let me give you another one. A birthday party with some five-year-olds. I've been to some birthday parties here lately with my grandkids. It's crazy. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? A birthday party, but this is with a bunch of little kids that are running around crazy. They're yanking on your... Is the blood pressure? It's loud. Remember when Chuck E. Cheese was around? Oh... So glad they're gone. Man, they're not gone. Oh no! 
But you know, you go to these places and it's catered to kids. Everything's loud and crazy and screaming and hollering and the blood pressure. And you're just trying to figure out, how am I going to get out of this? I want to get out of this. Versus, you're sitting there with a couple of people and having a nice, calm conversation over a cup of coffee. Ah, nice. Or maybe uh, you, you're like me, uh, here in the last several weeks, it's uh, rush hour on 270. Or you're on Lindbergh. And it's bumper to bumper to bumper to bumper. I, it took me the other day 30 minutes to go from one stoplight to another one on Lindbergh because three miles down the road they had, had a, put a, a four-way stop in. So everybody was creeping I mean, that versus if you're going to sit somewhere, you know, you're sitting in traffic for hours or so, you're thinking, is this ever going to end? They had a major accident on 270, you probably saw on the news. Someone was killed. And my brother was on 270, and he said, don't take 270, take Lindbergh. I will. Everybody else was taking Lindbergh. Blood pressure going up versus sitting in an easy chair with a cup of coffee watching It's a Wonderful Life. Man, I could sit there all day. See how, how it is? How, how you feel about something is determined by the focus? It's a fact. It's a fact. And see, my focus, your focus, determines how we feel. That's, that's just the way it is. Look at the Bible says here, what the Bible promises you will keep perfectly peaceful the one whose mind remains focused on you because he remains in you. After I've focused talking to God about everything, I need to also focus my thoughts, my mind, on the Lord, on His character, on His promises. Last week, someone I had somebody say, man, you were jacked up. What was going on, man? You were crazy. You said something about six cups of coffee. Somebody asked me this morning, how many cups did you have today? I've had five. I've only had five. Maybe that sixth one's the one that does the trick. Okay? But I, but I just, I, I said the reason, I, I, I wasn't the coffee. I think the reason I was excited is because I got on my phone here, and what I did was, I, I looked up, um, I looked up this uh, word, uh, peace, in my Bible gateway. And I read every Bible verse, in this case, there was 249 of them, in the international version, I read every verse on peace. Every verse on peace. I started just going through and just looking at them. I, I, w- I went to the Psalms. And I, by the way, I looked in four or five other translations too. And just read, the Lord gives strength to His people. The Lord blesses His people with strength, it says here. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to His people, His faithful servants. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. I just, I mean, I start reading these and I get excited. I start reading these passages. I start reading the words of Jesus. I get excited. And that's why I was excited because I, because I had a lot, lot of 
stuff. I'll say that word. Stuff going on, folks. And just like you do. And I'm reading all these passages that promise peace. That my Lord says, Tim, I want to give you some peace there. Calm down. You're going to be okay. How can you not get excited about that? It's wonderful. Because when I focused my mind, and it take, and, and I don't know how you are, I got, somebody says, uh, someone says, I got ADD or AHDD, D, I don't know how many D's there are, but there are a lot of D's, I know that. And I, I'm sure some of you say, I got it too, people say I have it too. And I've had people say the same thing about me, I got this whatever D thing is, you know, and, and I, I think everybody's got it. That's what I'm learning. We just have it in different degrees, but we all got it. This attention deficit disorder. And I've, I've learned that my attention is something I can discipline. I can choose what I want to focus on. And if I want to focus on what's wrong, again, I'm reminded of E.G. Marshall and Christmas Vacation. All the lights are on. And he goes, the little lights aren't twinkling, Clark. Thank you for noticing. I'm one of those guys. I notice it. Oh, there's something not quite right there. I notice it's starting to spit snow outside. I'm noticing that. Tim, hurry up. i got to get bread and milk. But when you focus, listen, when you discipline your mind and say, I'm going to focus on the Lord, then I, you know what I find? I find hope. And see, last week what happened was I'm talking to my brother. I said, i got three points. I need that fourth point. And he goes, well, why don't you talk about how the guy goes and finds somebody to represent him to get terms of peace. And I go, Danny, that is awesome point. I need you around more often. I need you to help me my sermon because now I've got hope. Best point of the lesson as far as I was concerned. It was my brother's. I find hope when I focus on God. It says in Colossians 3 up here on the screen, let the peace of Christ that Christ gives control your thinking. We learned last week it's a lot to do with it's being an umpire. It's being a judge. It's being the primary influencer. What? The, the peace that God gives control my thinking. I focus on that. Let it, I, can, I, I focus like everybody does when the ball goes by, when the pitcher pitches. They all focus on the umpire and go, well, it's a ball. Okay. Well, that was a strike. Really? You know, what I'm saying, folks, I'm just simply saying, telling you, is that we need to let Christ's peace decide that. Well, this is coming at me, Lord. Kind of like little kids when they fall down and bump their heads and they look at you to see if you're panicking, parents. And when you go, they go, oh, this must be bad. Ah! But if you go, eh, nothing happened. You're okay. They go, oh, okay, I guess I'm okay. They just let you be the umpire of their response, of the way they think things, the way they process things. There's a parenting lesson right there, huh? Let the peace of Christ that Christ gives control your thinking. Not the peace the world gives, because it, it isn't worth dwelling on, but the peace that Christ gives. You know, the next verse in Colossians 3.16, it says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. He's saying, how, am I going to, how do I get God's peace to control? Letting the Word of God dwell in you richly. I focus, I choose to focus on what God says. Look at here in Proverbs, uh, Psalms 119. 
There is such a great peace and well-being that comes to the lovers of your word. Remember what we read earlier? I'm, I'm telling you, Jesus says, I've told you, you're going to have my peace. So I focus my mind on what, on, on not only God's character, but what He says. Let me ask you a question. Whatever's dominating your mind, or what is dominating your mind? Is it fear? Is it worry? Is it a relationship that's, that's dominating your mind that's went sideways? Is it guilt? Maybe regret? Some regret? Maybe you're just overloaded. Maybe something happened to you that's so traumatic, you just can't seem to process it. Maybe it's something at work, or maybe it's the fear of failure, or you've failed in some way. Whatever's dominating your mind, whenever you feel unsettled, listen to me, church, turn your focus. Grab it. That's what self-control is. Grab your thought, your mind, and you turn it, not from the problem, but to the peace of God that He supplies. Turn it that direction. Turn, turn your mind from the source of the problem. Turn your mind to the source of peace. That is the Lord. Because when you do, He gives you great peace. Perfect peace. I noticed something here. That after, after Paul encourages praying about everything, then he goes on in Philippians 4 and says these words. He's talking about ponder on these things. Not just pray, but do a little pondering, a little thinking here. From now on, he says, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent, if anything is admirable, notice it says from now on. In other words, decide right now, from now on. If anything's excellent, anything admirable, focus your thoughts on these things. All that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. Practice these things. Whatever you've learned, received, heard, or saw in us, the God of peace will be with you. I turn my thoughts. I focus my mind. I focus my heart on God in prayer, but I focus my mind, I focus my thoughts on the Lord and what He has to say. Again, look what Jesus said here. I have told you this so that you might have peace in your hearts. He's saying, concentrate. I'm getting ready to tell you something, fellas, so you can have peace in your hearts. They're about to go through the ringer together. Focus on... And notice, notice, by the way, I think it's read in red letters in your, in your notes. It's on purpose because you know, this book, uh, Jesus had read, we're going to try to have available to you. We're having a little trouble getting it. It's everybody's wanting this book, apparently. And we're having trouble... The bookstore's having trouble getting it right now. And you can talk to the bookstore, but I want to, I want to start the year with this book. I want to start the year by going through this book together and focusing on what Jesus teaches, what Jesus is saying. It's a great little book, and I hope you'll, you'll join uh, uh, Alan and Gary and I you know, as, we, as we use this book in our, our own personal devotional life. But it, it'll help us focus our mind on God. And the last thing, the last step I can do is I join God's Peace Corps. I join God's Peace Corps. Now the word corps, I know some of us here are Marines, right? Marine Corps. You're part of the Marine Corps. Uh, there's, there's the press corps. Heard of them a lot lately. There is, if, because, because we live by a river, there is the dam which uh, is made by the 
Corps of Engineers. And this word Corps is in a lot, and of course there's AmeriCorps, and then there's the Peace Corps. And the word Corps comes from a Latin word corpse, that means body, or group. It's a body or group of people that are engaged in a particular activity, like the Marine Corps, or the Corps of Engineers. And if I want peace, one of the things I can do that really helps is I can attach myself and connect with a core of peacemakers. That I find God's body, core of peacemakers, and I connect myself to them. You know, for example, Alan, several years ago now, he's been focused on the Sermon on the Mount, and he'll remind me and remind Gary and I, every once in a while he'll bring up the, the Beatitudes, and he brings up that Sermon on the Mount, but the Beatitudes specifically, he talks about peacemakers. And what are peacemakers called? The children of God. The people that should be promoting peace should be God's family, right? But I'll tell you what, folks. God's family is not, does not have the reputation of making peace. I'll say this. I do not have the reputation of making peace. I want the reputation. But I don't have it. I'll confess that to you. Sometimes I, I like a good fight. You know anybody like that? They just like, a, like to argue. Now next week we're talking about... Don't nudge them. Don't look at them. I'm just saying, I'm saying there are people that just love to fight. You say tomato, I say tomato. You say potato, I say potato. Tomato, tomato. Okay, we get it. Okay. They're just things that just drive us crazy. There's people like that. In the kingdom? In the kingdom. The Bible calls them divisive people. Listen to me. The Bible calls them mockers. I don't know. I don't want to be known as a divisive person. I don't want to be known as a mocker. I want to be known as a peacemaker. But mankind is not good at making peace. I'm not good at making peace. But God is. And His body is, is, is one of the things we're here for is to help make peace. And so I know you might think you're, you got your list of people you got a problem with. I got my list of people I got a problem with. They got the list of people they got a problem with and you're on that list. I mean, we're, we're, everybody's on some list, okay? But if I want peace, I need to think about how can I, how can I connect with some peacemakers, some real peacemakers, because, and I, and I want you to know, I, I want to, I want us to be a place of peace around here. And that's what next week's going to be about. How do we, how do we do that? Look at the, look at the Bible says here about, about God's peace corps. Let the peace of heart that comes from Christ be always present in your hearts and lives. Always present? Does it, does that mean always? All the time? No matter what happens? For this, listen, for this is your responsibility and privilege as members of His core, of His body. God says, I need you to want peace, Tim. Don't pick fights. Don't be difficult. Can people have a conversation with you? 
I'll let that sink in a little bit. Some people can. Okay. Some people can't. Why? It's my responsibility as a member of God's Corps, of His Peace Corps, to be a peacemaker. It's your responsibility and privilege to promote peace at Greater Alton Church on this planet. Look at what it says here in Romans 14. This is during a time when the church at Rome was having trouble over opinions and they were stepping on each other's toes, hurting each other's faith. And Paul gives this instruction. So then, make it your top priority to live a life of peace with harmony in your relationships. Top priority, top priority. Eagerly, look at this, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. In other words, for the Peace Corps to work, we have to help each other and encourage each other. In order to encourage each other, we have to be connected to each other. You connected to a body of people that's helping you find peace? See, sometimes I need help with finding peace. Sometimes I come to group, uh, I come to my group and I'm messed up. I'm bothered. I'm, I'm, I got stuff going on inside. I don't, I'm not at peace. I'm worried. I'm afraid. I'm scared of something. I'm hurt by something. I'm bitter about something. And then I get in a group and somebody goes, Tim, 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 Tim. Calm down. It's going to be okay. Huh? Have you, let's pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. Yeah, you know. Pray about everything. Remember your point? Okay. I need somebody to talk me down and calm me down. You know what the book of Proverbs says? You get rid of a mocker in a group, out goes the strife. Now, I'm not saying that we're going, to have, we're going to have a little conflict with each other because we are sinners and we're going to bump into one another. Huh? I'm not talking about that. That's, that's healthy. I'm talking about this unhealthy strife that goes on where we're bashing each other or we're biting each other and we're not talking to one another and you need a group that says, stop doing that. Let's get along. Let's create harmony. You know, harmony, last time I checked, like the worship team, is different people working together to sing and blend. Harmony is where we're trying to blend our differences. The differences God has made. I'm getting into next week's lesson, but you see where I'm going with this? I joined a Peace Corps. See, I don't need another meeting to simply attend and eat some food and go home and so I can watch some more football. I don't need another meeting to go to and just sit around and wait for the leader to facilitate everything. It doesn't say, it doesn't, the Bible doesn't say, listen, I want you to encourage the leaders, you know, you, I want you guys to do the encouraging. No, he says, each other. I come to help promote peace in people's lives. So I need a circle of friends who love me, who, my, my good, gosh, Jesus had friends. One time he was, it says he was so bothered, he was close to dying, he was so restless. Remember that? In the garden? And he goes, guys, stay with me. Well, you're Jesus, you're the Son of God. You said, peace be still, you don't need us. Yes, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm to the point of dying over what's about to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And he says, he says to his, to these guys, stay with me. And please stay awake. Don't fall asleep at the wheel during, I need you to be awake and with me on this one. 
And what do they do? They fall asleep. Many of us go to group and we're asleep. We're a part of a group and we're asleep. Well, they're sleeping too. Listen to us. No. I gotta be, I need to be awake for that person. Cause I'll tell you, everybody's got junk going on. Every one of us has some junk going on. And I want to encourage you, get a, get a, get around some people. You can talk about your junk and won't be judged so much. But somebody will say to you, hey man, you need to look at that. They'll talk you down from jumping. They'll calm you down and reassure you. They'll keep loving you even though you're being foolish. You're slobbering and the snot's running. So, and you're saying, I just got to get this off my chest. You got to, listen, man, you got to get it out so you can deal with it. And what better place than a core of peacemakers? You have a friendship like that? You got friends like that? You know, one of the reasons we don't have an altar call anymore. I remember two weeks ago, Mike Napier's up here going, while we're singing, that's what you—that's traditional, you know. And everybody, everybody, stay seated. I bet y'all going. I'm not going up there. What's he doing? I never seen this before. Well, that's what you do in churches when there's an altar call. You will you come to the fountain free? Come, come now. You'll hear the preacher. You know why we don't do that? Because we know you can make that decision right where you are. Right? We know that. We understand that. And, we, and we, what we try to do is we try to take away the embarrassment of somebody walking down the aisle and you hear all those eyeballs. Wow, he must have done something real bad. So those of you guys that remember those churches, been part of those churches, somebody's walking down the aisle and go, uh-oh, what are we going to hear? So we eliminated that. Okay, what are you trying to say to I'm simply trying to say is that in small group, we can do the same thing. We're trying to eliminate authenticity and intimacy. When this is the place you ought to be able to say, I got, and, and, but if I say something, everybody's going to go, oh, oh. When everybody ought to be going, oh man, how can I help you? That's what a Peace Corps does. They're interested in you having peace with God having peace within, having peace with others. So sometimes they do when you're deeply troubled about something. We'll break down with you and I why we're in such, such turmoil and try to help us find peace. I need that. You need that. Look at this in Hebrews 10. Don't stop meeting together with other believers which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. Well, that's... That's still relevant today. Because some of us here have gotten in, gotten in the habit of we got so many other things going on. We're letting the holidays keep us from meeting together. We're letting family things keep us from meeting together in our small groups. We're letting all kinds of things. We're, we're, and it says, don't stop meeting together with other believers. Don't get in that which some have in the habit of doing. Instead, it says, encourage each other. Especially as you see the day drawing near, as you see Christ coming. Encourage each other. 
Sometimes I get weary, don't you? And you just want to go... And then Alan will speak up, or Gary will speak up, or my wife will speak up, or my brother will speak up. They'll say something like this. Yeah, but get remember, we're only going to be here a little while longer. This is not your home. Don't get used to it. What do you expect? This is not your home. Something better is coming. Are you a part of God's Peace Corps? Is the core you're in after peace? Here's how you know. Are you after it? Are you after it? So this morning, I just want to ask you, are you experiencing any personal peace? Are you experiencing it? What do you need to do to have peace within? Is there some sin that you need to get out and deal with? You've hidden it, and the guilt and the shame just tie in your stomach in a knot. Is that what you need to do? Is it, I need to surrender to God's peace, peace terms. I haven't surrendered yet to that. I've not been baptized. Are you telling Him what you need? Or are you spending a lot of your verbal energy talking to someone else and not the Lord? Where are your thoughts at most of the time? Where are your thoughts focused? Is it on the source of the problem or the source of peace? And who do you have around you helping you find peace? Are they helping you find peace? Are you helping them find peace? You have a card in your bulletin, a simple response to this lesson. I pray God will supply and give you all kinds of peace. But maybe there's something you just need to ask some people to pray about. And I want to ask you to really take advantage of this. Take advantage of this. Let some people pray. Write it on a card and say, I want people to pray about this in my life. Because I want this peace, this personal peace that God gives, that He promises. We're going to sing a song after I pray here and um, let you have time to fill that out. Then we'll sing another song and take up those cards along with our regular contribution. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank You for bringing peace, Your peace. Thank You for bringing Your peace to the earth. Father, we want to experience Your peace. We want to experience peace with You, but we also want to experience this personal peace that's within that regardless if things are falling apart, that we can have just the strength and the stability and the joy that come knowing that You are in control of it all. And we really have nothing to worry about. You're in the boat. Even when the storms come, You're in the boat. Father, we pray that, that this morning, I pray, Father, someone here that's that really... Um, they're not at peace, that they'll find, they'll look, be honest with their life, look at it. Help us look at our lives, Father, and be honest about it, and take the steps necessary to experience Your great peace. We thank You. Keep us safe during this weekend. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.